Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Chris's Secret Podcast. I am impressed that you found it. On this week's episode, I am super excited to do a book review back by popular demand. I had put out a podcast saying that I hey, I needed y'all's help. I wanted to learn what I should be talking about. You know, normally my videos, my podcasts get anywhere from, I don't know, like anywhere from like 20 to like 100 views. I think my I need help video got four. <laughs> so uh, one person, one of my most loyal listeners, Adam, said he wanted a book review, which great timing, Adam. I was already planning on making this my next podcast episode, but now I'm extra dedicated to make this the best podcast book review I've ever done. I'm trying to look dead in the camera's eyes just for you, Adam. And uh, so on this week's episode, I'm going to be going over Alex Hermosi's book, $100 million leads. All right. So now before I jump into my book review, all that I ask, all that I ask is that you just subscribe to my YouTube channel or follow on Spotify if you listen that way or follow on Apple. So if you could just do that, that's all I ask. Really, all I ask is that you just subscribe on YouTube. If you do that, that's all I really care about. So really appreciate everyone that has. And without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode, which is $100 million, $100 million Leads by Alex Ramosi. The reason I decided to read this book is that I have been following Alex Ramosi on uh, YouTube for a while now, and then I also kind of check them out on, you know, whenever I find them when I'm scrolling on like Instagram or whatever. That's really the only thing I scroll on. But if he comes up, I'll typically watch his videos. He's got very interesting insight into how to run a business, how to build a business, how to generate a lot of leads, how to close deals, and interesting financial device. And is just a interesting character online when it comes to the world of sales and finance. And I've been watching his videos for a few years now, which for him is a long time because he's only really been putting out content uh, consistently now for a few years. So when I first started listening to Alex, he was like sitting in a tiny little office with like a muscle shirt, like a, like a wife beater shirt on really no good flow or anything like that. Just kind of talking. But even in those videos, I found his content very insightful. So <clears throat> I've also been following him or subscribed to his podcast. And on his podcast, he put out his book, the one that I'm about to do the book review for, $100 million leads um, for free on his podcast. Now it was broken into many, many, many podcast episodes. So the one just wasn't just one long, like five hour long podcast. It was, I mean, it probably spanned over, I don't know, 40 episodes. Um, so if you want to listen to this book that I'm about to do for free, you can do that. And so that's why I listened to it because I was subscribed to his podcast. So it was for free and I was like, oh, I'll check it out. Also, I think the reason he did that is that he just put out his new book, $100 million offer. And so I think he put this one out, just get kind of people re-engage with his, with his books, show how valuable they honestly are. They are really good if you're looking to build out a, like a, uh, kind of like a click funnel business, I would say, which is what I was doing with Arslan Fleet, which was where we would put out ads or put out content or put out an offer. And then we would get people to book calls with us and then we'd close the call. So like that is what 
Alex is known for. He did this with uh, a gym business where he would basically launch gyms with an offer that if you couldn't lose X amount of pounds, you know, if you can't lose 20 pounds in 20 weeks, we will refund you every penny you spent on our gym membership is basically what his offer was. So that was like his first big offer. And then he kind of slowly started to critique it. Well, now what he's doing is he has a a business where he invests in other people's businesses is what he's doing now. And so it's just interesting to see how he structures the business, how he goes about outlining how to make an offer, how to generate leads, how to set up advertisements. And I was really mimicking and mirroring a lot of his tools and techniques when I was doing Arsenal Fleet. And so kind of ashamed I didn't listen to this podcast um, before I put out Arsenal Fleet because Aaron and I spent like $6,000 paying some dude, some, some guys to basically regurgitate his book to us, except in a worse manner. It was probably the worst $6,000 I've ever spent in business. But hey, nonetheless, you live and you learn. And so without further ado, let's jump into the book. So a quick overview of what this book is, is in this book, Alex is basically breaking down exactly how he created his Grand Slam offer. And he's teaching you know, you, the listener, or me, the listener, or the reader, how you can build your own Grand Slam offer. Basically, the goal is to make an offer so irresistible that people feel compelled to buy. They feel dumb saying no is what he talks about in the book. And so it's really how you can go from deciding what business to build and then how to drive leads to the business and how to close those leads. So without further ado, I want to talk about a few of my key takeaways from the books. Then I want to talk about some quotes from the book that I absolutely loved. And then last but not least, I'm not just going to blindly take Alex's advice. So I have a few things that I highlighted from the book because I did, I, I listened to it, but then I also downloaded like the PDF copy so that I could like kind of follow along and highlight some stuff. And so I have a few takeaways from the, the book that I'm going to put to the test as well. So we'll talk about that in a second. And then once again, I do just want to ask you, if you are checking this out, if you are you know, finding my content interesting, I just ask that you subscribe on YouTube. That's really it. Just subscribe on YouTube. I guess if you also want to you know, subscribe or follow on Apple and Spotify, I'd appreciate it. But really, really, really would appreciate it if you subscribed to my YouTube channel. And hey, if, if you feel so impelled you know, or, or inclined, share it with a friend. So without further ado, a few of my key takeaways from the book in really no order, but I got three takeaways that I really liked. First, and really this is kind of the theme in a lot of the books that I've read and listened to when doing this podcast and just trying to further my, I don't know, just professional development is one of his big takeaways is you can't lose if you don't quit. And I think this is so true in business. I think this is just so true with anything you're doing in life is that if you don't quit, you never lost. You know, that's what's nice about the game of the game of life. And especially in this case, the game of business is that if your end goal is to make, let's say a million dollars, or your end goal is to make a uh, billion dollars, or if your end goal is to be financially independent, um, or your end goal is to make whatever, enough money to buy your dream home in cash. Well, if you don't quit at that goal, at that pursuit, you never did lose. So I think that's just good advice just in general and something that is not just something that Alex preaches. I think there's a lot of people and I've read that in multiple books that hey, 
If you don't quit, you can't lose. Next thing that I really liked from the book and the next big takeaway was he talks about, and this isn't like anything super insightful necessarily, but I thought it was very interesting. He talks about how you can hold a conversation with anybody. And so it's called, and and I don't know, I should have looked this up. I don't know if this is like a known ruler or technique, but it's called ACA, all right? And so it stands for acknowledge, compliment, ask another question. And so this is something that he says he uses in sales or networking situations where you're talking to somebody and whatever they say, you first acknowledge what they say, then you compliment them on what they just told you, and then you ask a follow-up question. All right. So an example of this, I'm going to come up with it on the fly. So I'm probably going to butcher this example, but let's just say that I'm at a networking event for Turo when I was doing Turo and someone came up to me and was like, Oh, I see you got 50 cars out here in Denver. That's sick. Blah, blah, blah. And we're talking for a few, a few minutes and they go, yeah. So I'm now using this, this cool new GPS, this bouncy GPS. It's really great. Cause I can track cars wherever they're at. And, and you know, I can message people through the app and tell them slow down. And so the way that I could hold this conversation that I have zero interest in having is I could say, oh, that's super cool that you're using bouncy GPS. Yeah, I've heard of bouncy GPS. Um, And then I compliment them. That's super smart because you don't want somebody stealing your car. And that's awesome that you can get in touch with them through the app in case something happens. Well, what about, and this is where I ask a question. Well, with bouncy GPS, can you cut the engine off if someone steals the car? Is there a way that you can cut the engine off so they can't drive away with a car? And then I sit back and I listen and they're going to go, no, well, you actually can't do that. But you know, what I do in that case is I have my brother who's a state trooper. Once again, could care less about this conversation. I have a brother that's a state trooper. So I'll just text him the GPS coordinates and he'll go find the car. Then once again, I would just acknowledge, oh, that's super cool that you have a, a brother that's a state trooper. That's awesome. I wish I had a connection like that. And then we go in for the compliment. You know, I, I love, you know, I love what state troopers do for our country. It's so great. Have you ever thought about becoming a state trooper. And now we're just pivoting the conversation to maybe something that's remotely more interesting for me to talk about. And then we'll just continue on continue on. So the ACA approach, I thought it was very interesting and just something that I noted that I thought, yeah, it's kind of, kind of cool. Um, then the last takeaway that I had from the book was a story. All right. It's called the mini sided dice story or game. I should say it's the mini sided dice game. And so the, the game in, and this isn't something that necessarily Alex made up, but it's a game, not an actual, I was kind of researching. It's not a very well-known game. So this is the way the game works. All right. Game works is you and your friend have a, a cup. All right. And a dice in, in the cup. All right. And the whole goal of the game is to roll a green sided dice. And every time you roll a green sided dice, you get a point. All right. Or in, in Alex's example, you get a dollar. All right. And so you sit there, you both have your cup like Yahtzee and you both roll the dice and now you can't see anything. You can't see what happens when the dice rolls. It just tells you whether or not you get a dollar, you get a point or you don't get a point. All right. And so first person goes and you roll and first person gets a point. You're like, awesome, great, I did it, I got a point. And you roll and then you don't get a point. And so the other person's got one point, you got zero. All right, you go again, you roll and you both get no points. And then you roll again, you both get no points. All right, and the goal of the game is to get as many points as possible and you can only lose the game if you quit. All right, now here's the catch. One person 
has a 20-sided dice with one side green. All right. And every time you roll, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this game, by the way, but we're just going to, you just go with it. All right. So every time you roll this 20 sided dice, if I roll a red side, nothing happens. All right. I don't get any points. Nothing happens. Now, if I roll a green sided dice, one of the other red sides on the dice turns the green and I get a point. Okay. So I'm rolling. I'm not hitting. I'm not hitting. I'm not hitting. And then finally I hit a green and now boom. Now I have two green sides on the dice. All right. So now the next time I roll a dice, it's that much easier for me to roll a green. And then boom, I roll another green. And now three sides are green and so on and so forth. Now, so let's say that my buddy has the 20 side dice. Now let's say I have the hundred side dice. All right. And we're both rolling. We're both rolling. He's getting a few greens. I'm getting no green. All right. And then I finally get my first green. And then we're rolling and rolling and rolling. And then I finally get my second green. He's already got like four greens at this point. Well, doesn't really matter where we start. If we both keep rolling the dice, if we both never quit, we will eventually get to the point where we're both just rolling green dice the whole time. And we're just making money, making money, making money, or getting points, getting points, getting points. And that's kind of Alex's, his kind of metaphor for business is that it doesn't really matter where you start. There's a lot of stuff nowadays of like equal opportunity. And we have to, if you come from this background or if you're this colored person, or if you're this low of income, you get this assistance and this help and yada, yada, yada. There's a bunch of ways to try and level the playing field. The end of the day, the easiest way to make yourself have a level playing field with everybody else is to not stop playing the game, not, not quit. All right. And I found this in business is that once I figured out, Hey, like I need to look for this type of person to partner with in business, or I need to avoid hiring this type of employee or I need to look at doing more real estate deals because I can, you know, make a lot of money doing real estate or, Hey, I need to avoid doing, you know, whatever drop shipping because the margins are so thin and I can't make any money. So like once I kind of figure out what ways I can make money and what ways I, what ways I, in skill sets I don't have, and I got to stay away from, if I just keep playing to my strengths, keep playing to my strengths, I, I can't lose in business. That's what's the nice part of business is that it's, you just keep rolling, keep rolling, keep rolling. And eventually you will roll a green side. And then you know how to do that. And you just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it and slowly rack up the scoreboard. So I thought that was a really cool game and I did a terrible job of explaining it. Maybe I'll try and make it into a short, you know, I'll make a little short video about the, the, the mini side of dice and I'll actually script it out and make it sound a little better. But anyways, moving on to quotes. All right. A few quotes. I'll bang through these quick. First one being just, these are just good quotes from the book. So first good quote is <clears throat> to get what you want. You have to deserve what you want. I mean, if that doesn't hit you like a 50 ton of bricks, I don't know it will. I feel like so many of my buddies, acquaintances, people that I talk to semi-regularly about, you know, either business or fitness or relationships. Look, if you, if you don't deserve what you want, like you shouldn't get what you want or you won't get what you want. If you're not putting out the same amount of effort, like Christina and I are now, like we're all like, now that we're married, we've been like sending each other back and forth, like videos that we see on like Instagram or whatever. And there was a video that I saw that like, we kind of summarized this, which was, was this girl that was talking about like, oh, you girls like want to have your man treat you like a king, yada, yada. Well, 
you got to treat him or treat you like a queen. Well, you got to treat him like a king. And she's like, you know, I just got his car detailed. I'm driving to the airport to pick him up with flowers and his favorite chocolate, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, well, like if, if, if you want somebody to treat you like a queen or treat me, if I want to be treated like a king, I got to treat Christina like a queen. And same in business. If I want to be a millionaire, I've got to put in the work. There's millionaires, unless you're a trust fund baby, millionaires aren't just, you don't get become a millionaire being lazy. So anyways, thought that was a great quote. Next quote. <clears throat> Here we go. I told myself that I'd never let effort be the reason I didn't succeed. So that was another quote from Alex Ramosi in the book. Great quote. He was talking about he was trying to do flyers for advertising. So he was experimenting. One of his one of his business mentors said that he should try and put out flyers for advertisements to try and get more customers. All right. So he went around all afternoon, hung, put 300 flyers on people's cars, mailboxes, hanging them on the door. And then the next day, he's like waiting for all these leads to fall, flow in. And he gets one person a call and they're like, you scratched my Beamer. And that was the one person that called out of the 300 flyers. So he calls his mentor. He's like, what the hell, dude? I put out 300 flyers and I got one call and it was a guy complaining that he thought I scratched his car. And the guy's like, you put out 300 flyers? Like that, that's all you did? And you're complaining? I put out 300 flyers before I eat breakfast. Like, I don't know if a campaign or if a flyer that I put out works until I put out over 10,000. So you complained about 300. You didn't even put in the work. You like, yeah, of course it didn't work. So I thought that was a great quote. So like his, his like kind of thing that he said after that was like, I told myself I'd never let effort be the reason I didn't succeed. And that's always been my motto in sales. Like I have literally right here next to me on my desk. I have like, I track all of the cold calls I do. So you can see, I just track every single time I make cold call dials. I just track them on this notepad and I always have a race to a hundred dials. See how fast I can get to a hundred dials. Once I get to a hundred dials, cool, I did it. Okay, we're going to start over. And so, you know, I'm never going to let effort be the reason I don't succeed. And so that's, I thought it was a great quote. Next quote, <clears throat> do more than they do and you will have more than they have. Another great quote, another very self-explanatory quote, but I think it's just also very spot on. I feel like I have a lot of friends and this has been kind of like something I've been doing recently is that when I'm either like got downtime or in the car driving, I try and just go through my phone, like literally go through my Rolodex and I just call people that I aspire to be like or that I think are doing better off than I am. Technically, like it, I will say it is hard sometimes to find people that at least I should say business-wise, there's people doing a lot of other things better than me and people doing better business than me. But I'm trying to talk to people that are have accomplished more than I have and learn from them. But I talk to a lot of people that kind of call me in the on the reverse end and that are like trying to aspire to be where I'm at. And look, at the end of the day, it's right now when I'm recording this podcast, it's 7, 16, on a Monday night, like I should be just drinking a glass of wine, hanging out in my living room, watching freaking, I don't know, football or basketball or playing with my cat. Instead, I'm recording a podcast. All right. I don't get paid to make this podcast. I haven't made a penny off this podcast. If anything, I've uh, not, if anything, I've only lost money on this podcast. I'm just doing it because I think it's fun. I want to give back my knowledge and 
one day if I could just be recording a podcast and making a living off of it, that would be like the coolest job in the world. You don't just get to turn on a microphone and start talking into it and magically be able to make this your full-time job. You got to work towards it. So look, I want to have the opportunity to do nothing other than talking to a microphone and get paid to do so. Sounds like an absolute blast. I love talking. And so I can't aspire to have that if I don't put in the work. So look, end of the day, just remember, do more than they do and you'll have more than they have. All right. Now, last but not least, I'm going to jump into quickly putting some of Alex's things that he claims you got to do to get ahead to the test. All right. So I'm going to turn these into shorts. All right. So if you have not, once again, I'm going to one more shameless plug, maybe one more at the end. If you haven't already subscribe to my YouTube channel, because that is where also I'll be putting out on Instagram and TikTok. It's just at Chris's secret podcast. I'm going to be making shorts of me testing every single one of these things I'm about to lay out for you and actually seeing if they work. So the first one being there was a Harvard study that found that people were more likely to let somebody cut in line if they gave them a reason. All right. So if I just was like standing in Chipotle and just cut to the front, people would be like, yo, what the freak? And not let me cut. All right. But they found if, so if I was just like, if I walked up to him, I was like, hey, can I get in front of you? They're going to say no. Now, if I said, hey, can I get in front of you? And I gave them a reason, people were more likely to let them cut. Then what's crazy is that if people, <clears throat> if the reason people said that they wanted to cut made sense, they were even more likely to let them come cut. However, if people just gave them some dumb reason to let them cut, they would still be very likely to let them cut in line. They didn't give in the books. I don't, or at least I don't remember. I'll have to go back and check if they give exact percentages. But they said that if you just walked up to somebody, you know, for example, if I'm in, I'm going to Starbucks, I want to get a cup of coffee. People would let you cut in line if you just gave them a reason. So if I walked up to them and was like, hey, can I get in front of you? They'd be like, no. But if I was like, hey, my cat is at the house and has been dying to drink Starbucks all day. And if I don't give him Starbucks by 3 p.m. today, he'll die. That None of that, any of that makes any sense. But they said that people were more likely to let you cut if you just gave them a bogus reason. And then they were extremely likely to let you cut if you gave a good reason. So if I was like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm in a rush. My wife needs this cup of coffee. Otherwise, she said she's going to leave me. They're super likely to let you cut because the reason makes sense to them. And so how he was relating this back to business was that if you give somebody a reason to book a call with you, even if it's a stupid reason. So if I had like a, if I had like an Instagram ad and I was like, Hey, first 10 people to book this call, I'll whatever, I'll dye my hair blue and, and, and shave off my eyebrows. And like, that doesn't have anything to do with me making more sales, but sure. I'll book a call just by me giving them a, an excuse to book a call. They're significantly more likely than you just saying book a call. You should give them a reason to book a call. Now, if you gave them a good reason, hey, if you book this call, I only have five slots still available for me to be able to take on new clients. And if I'm able to take you on in the next 30 days, I will guarantee that I can increase your sales by 10% or I'll give you your money back. All right, but you have to book a call in the next 30 days. They're super likely to book a call than if I just said, hey, book a call. Google call. All right. So I thought, just thought that was interesting. Next one. This one was weird because he talked about it on the podcast or on the audio book, but then in the book, it didn't. He, so he must've just like freelance when Alex was like reading the book. So the next thing that he was talking about is called double dials. All right. 
And I'd never, I'd never heard this term before in my life. I've been in sales my entire professional career, many, many years now. I've been doing sales over a decade, which is disgusting. And so he said that they were trying to improve sales metrics and they started to get their reps to double dial. And what double dialing is, once again, I've never heard of this. I don't know how I've never heard of this. It's where you call somebody. All right. So like typically this would be for like a cold call or for somebody that booked a call and then no-showed. You call them. If they don't answer, just call them immediately right back. And he claims that you will be able to land significantly more meetings. All right. Once again, didn't give a percentage, unfortunately, but I'm going to put that to the test. I'll make a short form video about that. Next video, or not next video, but the next thing that he talked about was looping in sales. All right. And so looping is something that I've uh, done before in sales and it does work, but I'll make a short form video proving that it works. And so looping is where you answer someone's objective. And this could either be when you're trying to set a meeting. So if you're cold calling and they give you an objection, or if you're trying to close a deal and they give you an objection. So what it is, is where they give you an objection and then you answer the objection and then you re-ask for the sale or re-ask for the meeting. So an example of this would be if I'm cold calling somebody and I go, Hey, and they say, Oh, can you just email me some information about this? I don't, I don't have time to talk about this right now. Instead of me going, yeah, yeah, no, 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 like, no problem. I can definitely email you some information. Okay, cool. That's the end of the cold call. Nice job. You just didn't set a meeting. So what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to answer the objection of, <clears throat> yeah, no, I can absolutely email you some information. That'd be no problem at all. I actually have some great case studies that I can send along your way. However, it's kind of hard to understand those case studies, just if you're like reading them at face value. Also, they're super boring. So how about this? I'll send you that stuff, but also it'd be great if we could schedule a call for maybe the end of this week. How does like Thursday or Friday work? Got it. So you just answer the objection and then ask for the meeting or ask for the sale. So I'm going to make a short form video podcast thing about that and try and prove, see if it works. And then the last but not least is he claims that you should only ask somebody to do one thing at a time. Because if you try and ask somebody to do multiple things at a time, they'll get overwhelmed and they won't do anything. All right. His example of this was if you were trying to get somebody, let's say we're doing a sales funnel again, if we're trying to get somebody to just book a call, all right, well then don't tell them to, hey, share this with a friend that might find this in, like information valuable, download my case study and read it, book a call with me and I can go over this in more detail. And then also if you could text me after you book a call, they're never gonna do all that, all right? Just ask them to do one thing at a time. Another example of this is when I used to, on my podcasts, go, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, uh, share it with a friend, uh, subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on Apple, subscribe on the, the, all right? It was overwhelming and nobody was doing anything. So what I started to do, if you hadn't noticed already, I've already put this one to the test, is in the past few episodes, all I've asked you to do is subscribe. Subscribe to my YouTube channel specifically. If you want to subscribe on Spotify, if you want to subscribe on Apple, please do. I'd appreciate it much. But all I want you to do is subscribe on Spotify. Or sorry, <laughs> subscribe on YouTube. All right. And that's all I've been asking people to do. What do you know? My subscribers, even though my views have been down because I haven't been putting out as much content, my subscribers have actually gone up since I've started doing this. And then in another short form video I put out, all I did is ask people to share the video. I didn't ask them to like it. I didn't ask them to comment. I didn't ask them to do anything other than share. All right. In that video, 
ended up being my most shared video I've ever done, which is not saying much. I think it only got like 10 shares, but still pretty impressive for, I'm pretty sure my average share on one of my videos is zero. So it went from zero to 10 just by asking them to do one thing rather than asking them to do a bunch of things. So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Chris's Secret Podcast. I'm impressed that you found it. And if you would do so for me, I would very much appreciate it if you just subscribed to my YouTube channel. It means a lot to me. It costs you nothing. It helps me out tremendously. And I appreciate it so very much. If you also want to subscribe on Apple and Spotify, I'm not going to stop you. And once again, my show is called Chris's Secret Podcast. It will not be called that much longer. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe so you don't lose out on my feed and don't know where I'm at. I'm changing the name soon. But for now, it's called Chris's Secret Podcast. Subscribe and I appreciate you much. And until next time, figure out some ways to make some passive income so I can see you out on the slopes or on the pickleball court so you're not stuck in your nine to five job from nine to five and then stuck in traffic for another two hours a day. Peace.